values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Um, a bakery posted on a whiteboard why our prices have gone up. This is uh, this is something for a bakery, but this could be hung in any kitchen, whether it's a restaurant or it's a, uh, your home. Uh, why have the cost of so much gone up? Why has the cost of so much gone up? Um, it is amazing. From January of 21 to July of 22. Now, there's two, three categories here. It's, it spans one year, January 21 to 22, but then it also jumps to July of 22. Uh, flour had more than doubled from a little over 12 bucks to almost 29 bucks. Granulated sugar. Now, it's not giving size of the of the packages they're buying, but this is just the, the um, increase in price from 25.69 to 34.59. Powdered sugar, shortening, donut uh, fry shortening has doubled more than doubled in price. Yeast uh, from $45 to over $63. Cake flour from 15 to 26. Eggs, this for everybody, from $40 for what they would buy in, in bulk, I guess, from $40.92, let's call it 41 bucks, to $92 in July of 22. Salt from $10.47 to $14.64. Um, everything is going up, and people are concerned. The White House is still touting jobs. Don't blame them. That's what they should be doing because that's the only bright spot they have. But concerns of a slowdown are happening. Most experts are considering the Dow is down again today. NASDAQ is down again today. I'm sure the S&P is down again today. And it is uh, it is something that is very, very difficult for people to get their arms around. And when we watch what's happening, the Dow is down below uh, 30,000 again. It's at 29,266 as we speak. Um the yearly high was almost just under just under 37,000. So you know, this is an amazing change. And we all have to work on this. What can be done? The uh, the Treasury Secretary criticized OPEC nations, and they should be criticized for this, by the way. I'm not agreeing with OPEC nations. OPEC nations have been criticized by Treasury and the Biden administration for the lowering of production of oil because it's going to drive up, and it has driven up the price of a barrel of oil, and it's going to continue to do so. And so – We've seen gas prices are – they're saying we should see a little bit of relief in gas prices here in the valley because production is getting back up to speed at the uh, refineries in California. But that will be offset, I think, largely by increase in oil prices. It is an incredible um, – strain on the American taxpayer. So while the president talks about the good things that are happening in his belief, the economy showing re- resilience and all these other things, there's not an acknowledgement that people are hurting. There is the political uh, – and normally, listen, I observe the political gamesmanship out there, but I don't criticize it. And when I criticize one side, I acknowledge that it happens on both sides. Both sides of the aisle do this. This president ran saying that he's a Democrat but he'll be a president for all Americans, and he has done nothing but alienate Republicans since he took office. They are going after Republicans on the abortion thing without going after Democrats on the – if you're going to say this side's an extremist, then you're going to say there's a segment of this party that's an extremist on this issue that doesn't have any um, 
that doesn't have any uh, exceptions for rape and incest. And then what about the other side where you hear people talking about that, which I still think is a viable thing to discuss when you won't get a straight answer from a gubernatorial candidate in Arizona. So, you know, I, I will take people to task when they deserve it. So everybody went when Carrie Lake running for governor is asked about the abortion topic. I did it, too. I asked her because it's a big topic and people want to know where you stand. People jumped on her words and what she had to say. And she did say those words and talked about her and Katie Hobbs. When she was asked about it right away, jumped and said, I don't support a 15 week ban. But wait a minute. Let's talk about Carrie Lake and her extremist behavior. When she was trying, when the, the person interviewing her was trying to pin her down, do you you support a 15-week ban or not? She said, I don't. Beyond that, do you support any kind of limitations? At what week? When would you support it? Wouldn't answer. Refused to answer. So is that an extremist position saying that if there is a doctor, because I want you to hear this, and I know it's a little bit off the topic of what we were just talking about with the economy, but this goes into all of these things. Asked here, about limitations. Just listen to this. So if an Arizona voter were to conclude from your previous answer that you do not favor any specific weak limit on abortion, would they be correct? I support leaving the decision between a woman and her doctor and leaving politicians entirely out of it. So that again, the inference is if there is a doctor that is willing to perform an abortion hours or minutes before birth, that's the choice between a doctor and the mother. That, to me, is is that's the answer we need to know, where they stand on the issues. And the reason why I tie these together is because if you talk to the people about their number one issue, they will tell you it's economy and jobs. Economy and jobs. And yet, whenever the debate comes up, this is the direction that everybody goes to. And it is it is it is overshadowing, so to speak, in some places, because I will tell you the truth. We all know how midterm elections usually go for the party in power in the White House. And the one way that they are trying to hang on to power is to ignore some of these other issues. I would say to you, you still have time to register to vote. You still have time to uh, register to get an early ballot if you want to vote early. I would say to you, be a part of the solution, even if you disagree with me. If you aren't registered to vote, we desperately need new blood at the polls voting. The same people voting vote in the same candidates for the same results that we always get. There's a reason why people scream term limits. And I, we do have term limits every two years in the House. And every two years in the Senate, you could replace a third of the senators. We have term limits. It's called go vote. Go vote. Register and vote. Take part in this. And uh, I just, it's frustrating to me. I, I think, and it's funny because I know a lot of people on both sides of the political aisle that are in favor of term limits. The only problem with that is what happens when you get somebody that is good at their job, that is stellar, that is there, that does an excellent. You look at a guy like a John Kyle. When John Kyle was in the United States Senate, when John Shattuck, now I realize both Republicans, my opinion, my side of the aisle, both of them, statesmen, both of them got a lot done. 
Both of them well-respected on both sides of the aisle. Both of them stuck to their political principles. There is not a soul out there that ever heard John Kyle speak that didn't realize that John Kyle was a conservative Republican. And I can say the same thing about John Shattig. But they were respected on both sides of the aisle. They are statesmen. They were people that wanted what was best for their state and their district, you know, as far as Kyle was concerned, or I'm sorry, Shattig was concerned. But they wanted what was best for their country. They dealt with the other side of the aisle respectfully, but they stood their ground. What happens when you get someone like that that you love and you don't want to see them leave? We have term limits. It's called register, educate yourself, and vote. Last thing I'll say on it is go to KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes. It is a way for you to educate yourself on the interviews we've done here on this radio station, not just me, but across our news department and other shows to give you a more well-rounded, well-informed perspective before you go to the polls. Coming up in a moment, we get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. We call it Did You Hear This? Stick around for that. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Mondays are always busy, so let's get right to it. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. On Saturday, President Biden spoke on the economy and what he believes could happen if Republicans take control after the midterm elections. But many of my Republican friends are basically arguing that good news for the economy is bad news for America. As if they're rooting for fewer jobs and lower wages. Do you think this is what Republicans are promoting? Yeah, that's what they're reporting. Because, you know, the Republicans are the evil business owners. They want less jobs in a bad economy. No, what they're reporting on is the accuracy of what's actually happening. Um, The president of the United States is completely wrong on this. Um, I have been pretty critical of the way they've handled the economy. But I know I'm just a Republican radio host. I talk radio, of course. We're supposed to be. But no, it's, it's more than that. The American people are holding him accountable, saying, he has done a horrible job on handling the economy. They said it was transitory inflation. It wasn't. It's been longstanding. They acted way too soon, way too late and did far too little. And now we're in big trouble. We are down below, you know, almost down to 29000 to get in the stock market. And they're holding him accountable for some of the bad decisions they made. Secretary Hobbs appeared on CBS's Face the Nation and was asked about her views on limitations for abortion. I support leaving the decision between a woman and her doctor and leaving politicians entirely out of it. What role, if any, should the law play in abortions? I, again, uh, we that's the question is, when does life begin? We've been wrestling with this since the beginning of time and talking about abortions. Roe v. Wade and all the changes that have been made state by state wrestle with the same issue. When is there an acknowledgement of, of a pregnancy being a person. That's been the issue. There are many people that believe it happens at conception, which means from that moment on, that is a human life that deserves protection inside the womb. With the What we settled on in Arizona was 15 weeks and viability of a pregnancy. There are others that say when there's a heartbeat. But again, we wrestle with this topic. The other, What we are hearing from Katie Hobbs is that she is saying that there is no governmental limitations on this, that if a doctor says that an abortion is necessary or permissible up until the minute of childbirth, then there could be an abortion because she was pushed on the issue. If you don't think that's an extreme uh, take, I absolutely do, then then you, you vote accordingly. But we have got to wrestle with this issue. When do we all agree that it's a human being? And the minute we agree that we all agree it's a human being or the vast majority of us that it's a human being, that's when we have to protect it constitutionally. That's what it 
means. That's what we should do. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the headlines. On Saturday, Houston had its second gun buyback program, and Chief Troy Finner says he hopes to see the event continue. I'm looking forward to even more uh, gun buybacks. It removes guns off the streets and puts them in safe hands. Do gun buyback programs help to make communities safer? How could they? How could they make them safer? If a law-abiding citizen is giving up their gun, but the criminal isn't, how are you safer? There, there was a restaurant here in the Phoenix area a couple of years ago. I, I, maybe it goes back four or five years ago. A restaurant in Phoenix, well-intentioned. It was a restaurant owner from another country. I believe they were from Great Britain. And they said, when we moved to the States, owning a gun was kind of a novelty, the ability for a citizen to own a gun. So I went out and bought a couple of guns. But after this gun violence we've seen, I'm giving my guns to the Phoenix Police Department. And I said, what you've just done is take the guns out of the hand of a real, uh, out of a, a reasonable person, give them away, and then go to the newspaper and tell them you're unarmed at your business. That does not make you safer. We are safer when good people, law-abiding citizens, protect themselves, and we do what Phoenix PD is doing, and we try to take the guns out of the hands of the criminals, period. Arizona sports Ron Wolfley was on the show today and discussed the Arizona Cardinals' slow offensive start. Tyler also has got to start better. He wasn't very accurate early on. He he didn't look for his opportunity to run the ball often enough and honestly underthrew Hollywood Brown over the top on that pick. Are you concerned about the way Kyler Murray has been playing as a recent? You know what? I'll be honest with you. I, I feel for Kyler Murray. I think he is a supremely talented quarterback. I think they have way too much of the offense that runs totally through him. I know he's the quarterback, but he is counted on for every big play and every spark. We've got to do a better job around him. I do think he has started slow, but he has played so well. They don't. Uh, he needed to slide later than he did to prolong that game. They could have had a chance to tie or win. But that being said, they don't tie that game at all without Kyler Murray. What Kyler needs to do is be more consistent. I will tell you who I hold accountable, and I think that's it's a coaching issue. I think this is not having your team prepared for the start of a game. You're making adjustments in-game later on in the game to what you're seeing on the field, but you're not preparing during the week for what you're going to play. That's why they're a much better second-half team than they are a first-half team, and I think coaching is an issue here. This coming from a pop warner and a high school coach, so take that for what it's worth. You know, I just that's just my what my observation is out there. So, uh, and congratulations to your Jets, three and two. That's a big win for them. I mean, that rivalry between the Jets and the Dolphins is that's a real deal. They don't like each other. No, it goes way back, and it's the first time in twelve games that the Jets have beaten a divisional opponent. I think it might be one of the only rivalries where the fans dislike each other more than the players dislike each other. I could totally. See that. You know, like the like Bengals, uh, Ravens, Steelers, Ravens, you know, in that division, the players, there's a rivalry there with, on the field, too, that you can feel. But I know in the stands, man, Jets and Dolphins fans, no matter where they play, they don't like each other. Well, and it's funny because that rivalry has been, I feel like, a lot longer than the Jets-Patriots rivalry. But in my childhood, I've definitely hated the Patriots more than I've hated the Dolphins. Well, And the other one that's like that where the fans, you just got to be careful, is Raiders-Broncos. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, you don't want to be, no, you don't want to show up at the Raiders stadium, even if it's the one in Vegas, wearing a Broncos jersey. That's just not, that's not a good recipe for health. Nope, so, that's a no-go. All right, so uh, we won't talk about your Mets. We'll stick with the Jets and we'll move forward. Coming up in a moment, what is the best school in Arizona for children and why? Next.
Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time. Before we move into our next topic, we've been talking a lot of sports today because it's a great sports weekend, and I don't want to leave out ASU, so I want to talk to Jeff for a minute. Let's talk about this ASU win. What does this do for the program? Well, I think it, it does a couple of things. Number one, it, it starts raising a lot of questions about who the quarterback is because Trenton Borgay came off the bench and the offense looked very very smooth. Um, obviously, I have a feeling you're, you're probably going in the direction of the coaching situation, and uh, I can't. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the search, but does it does it give a lot of people a lot of enthusiasm about Sean Aguano? No question. Most of the calls we took after the game were people that were excited for him. And you know, fans, we are not necessarily a good gauge of what should happen. For you know, the professionals should do that, but Coach Aguano shows that he has the support of this team. They want to play for this guy. Yeah, and the energy level has been up the last three weeks. Uh, even in the face of facing three ranked opponents back to back to back, they have played very hard. And you know, uh, by the way, they they announced the Stanford game will kick off at one o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday the twenty second. This week's a bye week, but I, I we discussed a lot about how the quarterback thing. Because for those who don't know, Emory Jones, who had been the starter, uh, went out with in concussion protocol about midway through the second quarter. Trenton Borgay as the backup came in looked very smooth and so that raises the question who's starting at Stanford now the concussion protocol may dictate that but we talked about the fact that if they went back to Emory Jones that might that might tear their locker room apart. But to win a game against a ranked opponent uh, with a with an interim head coach and a backup quarterback shows you I, I mean to me it looks like there's some um, this team now is starting to come together and it's kind of an us against the world that you would hope for in a locker room. Yeah, and you could see it on the sideline. In fact, um, I'll go back to that play where Jones got hurt. Their strength coach, Joe Connolly, put on a display of anger toward the officials I've never seen before in years on a, you know, watching college games. And there's people who think that's what convinced the officials to go back and look at it. They originally did not call a targeting penalty. And watching Joe Connolly basically lose his mind on the sideline, they went back and looked at it, assessed a penalty, and it fired up the entire team. You see that now yeah. a lot during the, over the last three games. I knew I knew if I talked to you about this, I'd get more clarity. I mean, you know more about ASU football than I think of just about anybody else in the building. So, Well, don't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> we Thank still you. want people to go to ArizonaSports.com and check out State I, of the Sun Devils and I Jeremy and Jake. Agree. And, yeah. I absolutely agree. No, but, but I appreciate on, that. Thank on you. this show, you're the expert. Thank so you. I appreciate, I appreciate that. it, Jeff. That's Jeff Munn. And uh, I, I'm happy for ASU. I really am. I, and now, again, I'm a Miami Hurricane that's always going to live with me. But I love college football, and I want to see that thrive. And we had uh, we had um, Michael Crow, Dr. Crow, on uh, recently talking about other issues, and we brought up football, and he made a commitment to excellence at ASU, and I think that's fantastic if they could turn that program into something that is a perennial powerhouse. Speaking of schools, let's go back to high schools in Arizona. The Basis Chandler School, number one, num- number one in Arizona again. The Basis schools nationally are well known. There are some Arizona schools. The disparity in education in Arizona overall – 
high school or I should say K through 12 education lagging in Arizona from around for a lot of the country. But if you look at the rankings of individual schools and their success, Arizona has a bunch of schools, most of them basis schools that are in those top schools. So if we have schools in Arizona that are getting it right, well, they get to have to take these AP classes and they get to handpick their students and that's why they're performing. But, you know, you can you can bring people. I'll give you since I love sports analogies. Let me give you an analogy. Nick Saban has built a program at Alabama where he is going to recruit the best of the best because they want to play for Nick Saban. So he has already built an elite program where elite players want to go there. In that case, with the basis analogy, you're 100% right. Now you look at a school like a Jackson State uh, University where Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, is coaching right now. And you look at how he is squeezing every bit of talent and desire out of those players that he has. You look at what uh, ASU did this weekend in beating a ranked opponent. I believe they were ranked 21st in the country. And you look at what Coach Iguano is doing there now, who is a former high school coach here. He is now the interim head coach of this team. He has got these kids playing what they would say, a lot of people would say, over their skis or above their talent level. And I would disagree with that. I would say you now have someone who has got a recipe that is taking the desire that these kids have to be excellent, challenging them to be better than they were before, and telling them that effort is what's going to get them to the next level. And you're seeing a difference. And I will tell you, I don't believe that there is any different, any difference in policy in getting kids, young people to learn a playbook and work together than there is in getting kids to read a textbook and getting the most out of their education. There are some kids that will always be easy. I've told the story before. I was teammates with Deion Sanders in Pop Warner football. I wasn't a starter. Let's, there, there's the skill level I possessed. I wasn't a starter in Pop Warner football. Deion Sanders is a Hall of Famer. We shared the same uniform. We were on the same team. I had to work harder than he did. I did. I was never going to achieve the success he was going to achieve. That doesn't mean I wasn't successful. That doesn't mean that the coaches didn't get as much out of me as they could. That doesn't mean that I didn't show up at practice wanting to play for that team, that I didn't take pride for being, you know, in being on that sideline. We can get greatness out of our kids. We have to focus on curriculum. And we have to focus on what's important as leaders. This is a shout out to the teachers, to the administrators. This is a shout out to the school boards that choose curriculum. We have to demand excellence in ourselves. I'll tell you, one of the greatest experiences I had was coaching youth sports, coaching Pop Warner and coaching high school football. I coached at an elite level. I coached a team that went on after I left a year or two after I left. The program I coached at won a national championship in Pop Warner. I was associated with a football team as an assistant coach that went on to two state championship games. We lost both. We made the state finals in Florida. That's not easy to do there. So I've been around some great coaching staffs, and I've learned from people there is a demand and excellence from the head coach coach that demands it of his coaches. They demand excellence in the coaching staff, and the coaching staff and position coaches demand excellence from the players. Just like at a great school, a principal demands excellence from his or her teachers in that school, and the teachers demand excellence from the students. There's a reason why a basis school is is ranked so high and other schools aren't. Yes, there's going to be a disparity in talent sometimes, but there shouldn't be a disparity in effort and desire. And that's something that you can instill in kids. 
It's possible. And every parent knows it instinctively. If you have more than one child, you know as well as I do which child is a good student, which child is going to get good grades, which one is easy to get off to school every day, and which one isn't. And you got to work harder at it. You don't give up on the one and allow them to slack. You have to push them harder to make sure they understand the importance and how they got to achieve excellence. And so that's why parents are looking for alternatives. There's a reason why parents are looking for different places to send their kids to school. It's this very reason. It's that important. And there are some places out there that are pushing the buttons the right way so that their children are excited about learning and excelling. And that's what we should be striving for. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to go back to a topic of policing and recruiting. We'll get to it in just a moment. And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. So here's an interesting take, and maybe there's some validity to this. I don't. I am not. I don't know a whole lot about cars. I just don't. I'm not a car guy. Um, but there is in the city of St. Louis is getting ready to sue Hyundai and Kia. Because of the rampant car thefts in their city, they're saying that auto thefts in St. Louis have doubled this year. In July alone, the city averaged about 21 Kia and Hyundai theft incidents each day. That number increased to 23 each day in August. So the St. Louis leaders threatened to sue these two auto manufacturers, demanding the car companies address a defect that allegedly makes stealing vehicles made before 21, 2021 easier to steal. With this letter, the city demands that Kia and Hyundai mitigate the defective conditions providing thieves, including teenagers as young as 13, the instrumentalities by which they are destroying property, endangering city drivers and themselves, and in some cases committing violent felonies. It's the car manufacturer's fault? Are you joking? Now, I don't know. Maybe there's something in there that makes them easier to steal. But that's like saying that you're making it too easy to steal uh, things inside of Circle K. So Circle K, you're in trouble because all the shoplifting calls we're getting. This is an ed- The reason why I'm bringing this up is earlier today we've spoken a couple of times about Phoenix police and how the story that's written says they are having a hard time recruiting officers of color, non-white officers. And what a shock that is after the way people have, have, have denigrated policing, especially with the Black Lives Matter um, movement. You tell a kid at 6, 8, 10 years old that police are evil, they're murderers with badges, how is someone going to grow up to see them in a positive light? When you remove school resource officers from the school campuses, Phoenix Union High School District, how do you see police in a positive light? When the only time you have an interaction with a police officer or see a police officer is when he or she is racing into your, into your neighborhoods to make arrests of people. When you have demonized the good guys and you have made the bad guys the good guys, how do you expect people to not have a twisted view of what society is supposed to look like? Now, do I think that that's all people in the black community? I know better. I know better than that. But who has the voice? Who was loud at the city council meetings? Who was it that had all the attention of the public, that was never criticized, that was never questioned? There are story after story after story about educators preying upon children in education. We've never once said it's a systemic problem and that teachers are molesters. We have not made that equation. 
And yet we see it all the time. I don't believe it's true, but we see it all the time. But we don't I don't make that equivocation. I don't say that if you know teachers go into that profession, generally speaking, to prey upon children. I've never said that. And yet that's what's been said for years now about policing. And I mentioned this earlier, and I think it's worth repeating. And I hope there's somebody out there that this matters to, that it might change your mind or at least make you rethink your position or at least investigate rethinking your position about policing. The society we want where people are truly judged, like Dr. King said, on the content of their character. One day I hope that my three little children will be judged by the content, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. If there is an area where that's true, it's in policing. It's in first responders in general. When you when you do a job, whether it's military or it's uh, police or it's fire, when you do a job where your life is in danger on a consistent basis, when you're running into a burning building, when you're committing a, when you're committed to a job that's to sacrifice your life, maybe sacrifice your life for another's. You're certainly sacrificing your safety for the safety of another. When that's your job, nobody cares. Nobody cares if it's man or woman. Nobody cares if it's black or white. Nobody cares if it's gay or straight. You just want to know it's somebody you can count on. Everything else goes by the wayside. That's the society we're all striving for, right? We are all striving where we celebrate our differences. We allow for our differences and nobody cares. Everybody gets an equal shot at doing the job because everybody works as hard. You train and train and train and train so that when you look to your left, you look to your right, you can trust that your left and your right are protected, and you're protecting the middle. And that is what life is about as a police officer. So I would say to anybody out there that has heard differently, go talk to cops. Go talk to the cops that you can find that are non-white cops, whether they're Asian or they're Hispanic or they're black, and go talk to them about what it's like to be a part of a diverse team. And change those numbers. Change the numbers. Sign up. Become a police officer. Show people the example of what good people look like of every color. Instead of uh, this criticism that they're not hiring enough people of color when they've been demonized in neighborhoods of color. It's just the wrong way to look at it. It truly is, and I hope it changes. The society we want with diversity is what you have in reality in these professions. So we all should be striving to be more like them, not less. And if we sold it that way, you'd have a lot more people of color wanting to do those jobs. Just about out of time. If you are a social media user, at Broomhead KTAR is my personal Twitter account. At Broomhead Show just updates you on what we're doing on the show. And Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. Keep in touch. We'll be back tomorrow morning beginning at around 8 a.m. Until then, have a great day. God bless.